Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gate's daily podcast. If you love Wisdom's Echo and want to invest in the lives of our speakers, head to patreon.com slash wisdoms echo, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help us deliver the same impactful content you enjoy. Welcome, this is Stephen McKee, and today I want to talk about seeking God in our generation and for our generation. When I read from Psalm 24, it says that the earth is the Lord's and all it and all it contains, the world and those who dwell or who live in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? Or another version says, who may stand in the place where God lives? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. I want to talk just briefly about this word generation. It's been on my heart for a little while about our generation, the generation we live in. Whatever time scale that is, we live in a generation. If we breathe, this is our generation. And I had a strange experience a few days ago where I was driving in my car and I was really overwhelmed by what you might call a burden. I've had this before for a couple of years where every morning I'd wake up and I would have this burden of the Lord for my generation, for the people that are alive today, the people I grew up with, the people I went to school with. And the other day, this overwhelming burden came upon me when I was driving and, and I was just praying and groaning inside because an overwhelming, um, I'm trying to describe it, an overwhelming realisation of how short a period of time we have got to impact our generation. Because Psalm 145.4 says this, our, sorry, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Do you know the last generation told us of the acts of God, the power of God, the presence of God, like I can read about Evan Robertson, that generation told us about the power of God, the presence of God, what is possible, the power of God, even generation before that, maybe Maria Woodworth Etta, like 30 mile radius of the glory, 40 mile radius of the glory. Um, even in the generations before that, like we talk a lot about the Celtic saints and the power of God, or even the last generation, Smith Wigglesworth can tell someone to go into a shoe shop who's got no legs, and he goes into the shoe shop, buys shoes, and only when he buys shoes, his legs and feet grow into the shoes. The last generation 
told us of the power of God and the presence of God. And I even remember growing up in the apostolic church and it told me of the presence of God. They worshipped God, they adored God, they had a, a real level of, of worship that I've not seen in our day and praise and anointing and glory and the fear of God and the awe of God. The last generation showed us something. But the other day there, going back to that, I had such an overwhelming... It might sound kind of morbid, but it's it's not morbid. The overwhelming realisation, the overwhelming awareness that we have only got... I mean, I don't know what age you are, whoever's listening. Obviously, I don't. But I'm talking about myself. I'm going to be 50 in June. And I... And this was not just me thinking about this. This was not a nice little thought or a little pondering on my, just of of my crazy mind. <laughs> this was an overwhelming, overwhelming realization that we have only got so many years. Let's say I'm I'm fifty in June. I don't know, no more than fifty years, maybe, to impact our generation. And I don't know what age you are who who is listening to this. But you have maybe got 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. A very short period of time. A very small window to impact our generation. You know, my friend Grant Mahoney has said that we are the last hope for the next generation. Because if we don't see something happen, if we don't pursue God... If we don't see the God of miracles, signs, wonders, power, the, the manifestation of Christ, the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit in our day, <clears throat> the next generation is going to miss out. Because one generation passes on the knowledge of what happened in the last generation. One generation commends your works to another. The, la the last generation can commend something to us. We can look back and see the power of God, the anointing of God, the presence of God, the incredible stories of revival, of glory, of the fear of God coming in whole regions. The last generation can point to that. What can our generation point to? I can honestly say in my nation, yes, there's been refreshings in the church, there's been movements of the Holy Spirit, outpourings to an extent, but it's been contained within the walls of the church, within the walls of the building. People have been refreshed, maybe. But my generation, the people I grew up with, I can I can think of many names of people I went to school with. They know nothing of the power of God, of the reality of Christ, of the reality of the presence of God, of the reality of salvation. They know nothing. And when I was driving up in the car, I felt such an overwhelming burden. Such an overwhelming, overwhelming it was reality check that we have only got a, I can only speak for my, myself really I don't know how many years who knows how many years 30, 40, 50 and it's not just dependent on my life span the people who are alive who knows how long they'll live because a lot of them that I grew up with obviously are not saved not Christian how many years do they have we have got such a limited window of opportunity to see them impacted. And it, I had such a, a burden of the Lord. And I still have that same burden. To go after God for my generation's sake. Like the next generation. 
need to see something in this generation. They need to be impacted. They will not be impacted unless something happens in our day. And we need to seek God. We need to be the generation that seeks him. We need to be the ones who get pure hearts, who do not lift up our soul to falsehood. There's no falsehood in us. And we don't swear deceitfully. We're not false witnesses. We don't talk about people falsely. We don't lie about people falsely. We want to be ones who ascend into the realm where God lives, into the holy hill, the holy mountain of God. And you know, this prayer, and I've mentioned this before, there was a few elders in the in 1949, the last generation, who were praying in a barn in the island of Lewis in Scotland. And one of the elders stood up and said, I don't know where you men stand with God. He's saying, Brad, I need to ask the question, is my heart pure? Is my hands clean? And he actually began to pray like that and ask God to cleanse him. And as he did, the whole barn shook like a leaf, like an earthquake. He fell to the floor in a trance. And it said the power of God was loosed in the whole of Barvis, which is a region in the Isle of Lewis. He was crying out to God, saying, I don't know where you men stand, but is my hands clean? And we need to get before God. For our generation's sake, we need to stand before him in his holy hell. Not just language, not just learning new teachings about the holy hell of Zion or or how to engage God. It cannot just be teachings any longer or just nice words or nice thoughts. We've got to really be the generation that seeks God until we find him the way the last generation did. And yes, God wants to do greater. But we've got a window. And this, I cannot explain the burden that was upon me. That we have got a small, small window for the people who are alive today, this generation, how many billions of people, six, seven billion people on earth, how many millions or billions or whoever are in different nations, how many are in America, how many millions of people are in United Kingdom, in Europe, Australia, New Zealand, wherever you want to mention, who don't know anything of the reality of Yahweh or God. Guys, I just encourage you, be the generation that seeks God. I believe every generation has the choice to impact their generation. And I want to be the one in my generation that seeks God. I want to be able to say I can lift up my head, my government or gates and be lifted up your ancient doors. Why? So that the king of glory may come in. I want the king of glory to come in. I don't want this just to be language. I want that realm of the glory of the king to enter into our world, to enter into Scotland, to enter into Glasgow, to enter into New York and Washington and Canada and Toronto and Europe and Berlin and Paris and all the nations of the world. I want to be able to say this generation saw the glory of the king entering in. Is he found a people who sought him to know him, to be like him, to be transformed into the very image of Christ so that we emanate Christ like the saints of old, like the generations of old, like Charles Finney, 
riding through a village on a horse, and he emanated the presence of Christ. So much so that a hundred people fell to the ground and cried out to God for salvation. He did not even say a word. He just emanated the presence. He was someone who sought God in his generation. The two old ladies in Lewis were two old ladies who sought God in their generation. Evan Robertson Wales was one young man who sought God in his generation. He sought God until he met God face to face every night for three months. Before there ever was a revival, he sought God and he was taken up. Every single night, and they said he met God face to face, and his whole nature changed. John G. Lake, in his generation, sought God for nine months, I think it was, until he was engulfed in a cloud, until his whole nature was changed. Friends, I'm not just saying this just to inspire, just to have a little encounter with God, so that we can see a few cool healings and a few cool miracles and maybe a few cool salvations. Our generation is in such a state. Our generation is dying. Like the nations of the world are in peril. The peoples that we love, and you should love, you should have a burden for the peoples of the world who don't know Christ. Their souls are crying out for something. All creation is crying out for the generation who seeks him who seeks his face, who seeks his presence. First of all, just seeking him. But we need to have the pure hands, the works of our hands, the things we do, but then the motives of our heart. We don't lift up our soul in falsehood. We don't have a false witness. We don't lie. It's like we fear God. And so that our generation can pass on to the next generation the mighty works. We can tell them about the stories of God and the glory and the fear of God and the anointing and the miracles and the signs and the wonders. But friends, we've got a limited time. And the burden upon me was when I was praying in the car, we have a limited time. And it's obvious because even if you live forever, this generation won't. They've got 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever age they are. They need a generation of people like you and me who seek God, who decides to go after God. Like William Branham, A.A. Allen, locked himself in a room until they were anointed. We need a new anointing. We need to be consumed. We need to be overwhelmed by God, truly baptised, overwhelmed by God. Not just talk, not just a little few words in tongues. We need to be overwhelmed by God. May you be the generation who seeks him, may you be the generation who finds him so that the king of glory can enter into our generation and change people in their millions, villages, cities, towns. Amen.